morning, everyone. Good morning. It is so good to see you all and a pleasure to see you. So much so that I had to buy a whole new outfit. So thank you. You know, polish, polish the Air Forces a little bit, like, just make sure I'm, I'm all ready. Um, but yeah, thank you all so much. It's good to, to be able to speak to you today. Um, obviously, on the shout out of the church, as per everyone else so far this series, you know, Rob, thank you for giving me this opportunity to speak to us today. And for all of you, thank you for listening as well. I'm sure it's going to be great what God is going to do this morning. So, uh, if my calendar serves me right, yesterday was the 22nd of July, and uh, it carries a day of uh, significance for varying degrees of people in this church, and obviously online as well. But for me, it marks one year since I said the words, I do. <laughs> I mean, just, you know, I've learned a whole lot about marriage, you know, in the first year, you know, family, you know, money, um, life, family again, you know, and obviously myself. Um, and I would describe it, I think, one year in as the start of a great adventure. And obviously, I married my, my wife, Stephanie, you know, you know the cliche that says, you know, you marry your best friend? I genuinely feel that I have. <laughs> but anyway, I'm here to preach. Um, <laughs> so we're going through our current series, uh, Songs of the Old Testament. We've had three amazing speakers. We've had Alex, who gave us God our salvation. God of Power by Josh. God is the Lord by Nikita. Today, I'm going to be talking about God our refuge. Can we say God our refuge? refuge. Um, I'm just going to go straight into the scripture. We're going to be reading from 2 Samuel, verse 22, verse 1 to 20. Uh, if you have a Bible, if you have your iPhone, a gadget, please uh, bring it out now and follow. The words will appear behind the screen. And just before, I'm going to pray. So, Father, we give you thanks and praise for this opportunity. Um, I just pray for less of me and more of you this morning. Let every heart be ministered to do today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's get into it. So, David sang to the Lord the words of this song when the Lord delivered him from the hand of his enemies and from the hand of Saul. He said, the Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. The, my God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation. He is my stronghold, my refuge, and my savior. From violent people you save me. I called to the Lord who is worthy of praise, and I have been saved from my enemies. The waves of death swirled around me. The torrents of destruction overwhelmed me. The cords of the grave coiled around me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called to the Lord. I called out to my God. From his temple, he heard my voice. My cry came to his ears. The earth trembled and quaked. The foundations of the heavens shook. They trembled because he was angry. Smoke rose from his nostrils. Consuming fire came from his mouth, burning claws bays out of it. He parted the heavens and came down. Dark clouds were under his feet. He mounted the cherubim and flew. He soared on the wings of the wind. He made darkness his canopy around him, the dark rain clouds of the sky. Out of the brightness of his presence, bolts of lightning blazed forth. The Lord thundered from heaven. The voice of the Most High resounded. He shot, shot his arrows and scattered the enemy. With great bolts of lightning, he routed them. The valleys of the sea were exposed and the foundations of the earth laid bare at the rebuke of the Lord. At the blast of the breath from his nostrils, 
He reached down from on high and took hold of me. He drew me out from deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemy, from my foes who were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my disaster, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. Amen. Amen. Powerful. But in order to set the scene, I feel like it's important to set some context into who is actually behind this verse. Um, It is David. He's one of the central figures in the Bible and son of a man named Jesse from Bethlehem. He was a shepherd, giant slayer, king, man of war, and a musician. Half the Psalms are attributed to him and he's mentioned throughout the first and second Samuel and first and second Chronicles. We are introduced to him after King Saul. It wouldn't be good to mention David without Saul, who was the previous king of Israel, but due to disobeying God, he was replaced. Saul went to, the prophet Samuel went to Bethlehem and chose David, who was the youngest of seven sons, who were all much better options from the eye. I mean, I could imagine how they would have looked, you know, tall, six foot five, dark, handsome, muscular, but God saw his heart. That in itself is another sermon for another time, though. But after becoming king, David accumulated loads and loads of enemies. And just to illustrate this, his list of battles include Goliath, a nine-foot Philistine giant, Saul himself, his own father-in-law, who tried to kill him multiple times. All of Israel's enemies who stood to take the land from God's people and to wipe them out. And worst of all, Absalom, his own son. You know, there's a first, um, there's a saying, sorry, that um, <laughs> I've come across, and it's, it really be your own people. Yeah. It really be the people closest to you that can do the most damage. And Absalom, I think, when reading the chapter and the book of the Bible, like, it's very, very painful. You can see how hurt David was, having to flee from his throne, from his country, from his people, due to the rebellion of his own son. David also had to deal with his own sin. He dealt with backsliding, sexual morality, and a conspiracy to murder Bathsheba, who he had an affair with. He conspired to murder her husband. Now, I love crime dramas. You know, I like a bit of uh, 24 hours in police custody, line of duty, and uh, thank God there was no like AC-12 or anything back then because David would have been looking at 25 years. Danger and sin was all around him. Think of every calamity he must have faced. You know, he had to, even before king and while he was king, you know, he had to flee from his enemies multiple times, running into the wilderness, into the cave, and not knowing what was going to come next. But going back to this verse, this happens in David's twilight years. He's looking back. He's looking back at all God has done for him. And at the end, after this, we... Uh, we see David's last words and also an account of the people who fought on his behalf, which I will touch on later on in this this talk. So looking through the text, I want to just highlight three things. David was God's, God was David's rock and refuge. You know, as I said before, it starts by setting the tone of the chapter. This is a song of praise. It's, it's, It's a happy thing. David is acknowledging God as his rock and his savior. And when I looked into this word rock, is the Hebrew word selah, which symbolizes the security of a, and defense of a steep and inaccessible refuge. Similarly, it's used of an immovable foundation. You know, and he's looking back, 
at all God has done for him. He, God delivered David from a range of tough battles and wars. I mean, it started in his very early days. If we go to 1 Samuel 17, 34 to 36, words will appear on the screen, and I'll just read it briefly. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from his mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. David started by fighting lions and bears as a boy. And when I say boy, I mean, if my uh, facts serve me correct, when you turn 13, you have your bar mitzvah as a Jew and you become a man. So judging by this, David must have been 10, 11, maybe. He was just a boy. I don't know who of us who have kids who are around 10, 11, but imagine them fighting bears and lions, all sorts of wild, crazy animals. But it's easy to see, just starting here, how David was able to call upon the Rock of Ages in every battle he faced. As God was with him from the very, very beginning, David was assured that God wasn't, wasn't just behind him, but was a source of strength, protection, and deliverance. All of us have come off the back of a long two-year pandemic. And reading the news, watching the news lately, all it seems is that there's a load of crises. Cost of living, energy crisis, housing crisis, rental crisis, strikes, all sorts of crises. So much so that you're saying, God, when is this going to end? But if there's any... any um, trying to find the word, any like assurance I can give us today that if God has seen us through a pandemic, like that's the worst of it. You know, we all remember being at home. If he saw us through that, what do we have to fear? We're able to call upon him every single time because we know if he's done it before, he will do it again. I want to touch upon David's personal experience of the salvation of God. If we examine the language, we can see it's very vivid. David's talking from experience. You know, he's seen God move. Trouble surrounded him on every side and there was seemingly no way out. But despite being surrounded on every side, David knew there was a place he could go where his enemies couldn't reach. He knew there was a God who saves and delivers. How do I know that? If we just go back to 1 Samuel, he experienced it firsthand. So if he knew if God saved him then, he has nothing to fear. I mean, one of the things we can tell ourselves when we go through certain situations is either we can't call on God because we downplay the situation that we're in. I know as someone who's young, you know, we've, sent, we've heard the phrase, you know, it's not, it's not that deep. It's all right. It's not that, oh, we move. You know, we just keep going on. Or we don't call on God because we rely too much on ourselves or other people to see us through. I mean, I can say it for myself. How many times when situations happen, the first person you call is your friend. Oh, this happened, this happened. You've not spoken to God at any point. But I'm here to flip that and tell you that it's okay. It's okay to come to God and let him know where our strength fails. It's okay to say that I can't do it by myself. He longs to hear you today. And when he does move, you can be sure that it's swift and it's powerful. In the same way God was with David, how much more with us? 
In Christ, we've been picked up from an impossible situation. In our sin, we were faced a life apart from him and facing internal separation, condemnation for our sins. But God demonstrated his love to us, and while we're still sinners, Christ died for us, bringing us into a spacious place, a new relationship. And we have received the Holy Spirit as an assurance that God is always with us, so we know he's never far away. We only need to reach out to him today. If you're here today, you haven't said yes to Jesus, you're especially welcome. But today's the day to come to the refuge and taste and see that the Lord really is good. He is who he says he is. I also want to touch on God's response to David's cry. Here, we see God rescue David from his enemies and situations that were too difficult for him. I mean, David wasn't, wasn't a regular average Joe. He was a king with a command of a huge army. If we go to 2 Samuel 24, we hear of David's mighty men, men of war who were highly successful in battle. You know, th- and it also gives a count of the 30, an account of the 30 fiercest warriors that were in David's employ. I mean, I read this chapter and it even gives me goosebumps. You hear of a man who slayed so many enemies, his hand froze to the sword. Or a man who used a spear to slay 800 of God's enemies. Big, big guys. But even still, in spite of David's army, his money, his military power, all the things that he had as king, he was still facing disaster. That means it wasn't enough. The word disaster, when I looked at it, it means an event or fact that has unfortunate consequences, or it can mean sudden or great misfortune. In the face of seemingly impossible situations, the Lord was able to pick him out and bring him up into a place of safety. He did it for David multiple times. He can and will do it for us. So, I have a little bit of a story. It was back in 2020, and um, I was working for a company that, uh, unfortunately, is no longer existed. If you want to know what company that is, come and find me after the service. And um, I work in tech, so, you know, I thought it was a stable job, you know, no problems. But, unfortunately, the pandemic had its way, and cuts were being made. You know, people were losing jobs, things were being cut, you know, we didn't know whether we were staying or going. And... Despite hearing from God that January, so it happened in January 2020, that, you know, God spoke to me and said, you know what, it's time to start looking for a new job. And I applied for everything. I applied for everything. And, you know, nothing happened. You know, no matter what I did, no matter where I applied, what I applied for, the job just wouldn't come. And I did what I normally would do in this situation. Oh, yeah. I complained. You know, Stephanie will tell you, I would be on the phone telling her, I don't know, I'm tired, I'm annoyed. Gods, did you not say that I'm going to get a new job and you're calling me out into something new? But God told me one thing, and he told me one thing that sticks with me to this very day. Do you trust me? Do you trust me to bring you this thing that you're seeking? Can you call upon me when, in your own strength, you've tried, but it doesn't work? I had no choice. I had to trust him. And a funny thing about me is that when God moves in my life, it's usually at, I call it the 90th minute. I'm a football fan. It's like moving in the 90th minute. It's always at the very last moment that something happens. So I got made redundant from that job. But the following week, I had an interview, 
everything happened so quick and I started the job the very next week. And I'm here to testify that, you know what? <laughs> again, if God can do it before, he can do it again. Yes. I have a quote um, from John Upberg, Christian author and speaker, which says, there's something you can't fix, can't heal, or can't escape, and all you can do is trust God. Finding ultimate refuge in God means you become so immersed in his presence, so convinced of his goodness, so devoted to his lordship that you find even the cave is a perfectly safe place to be because he's there with you. It doesn't matter where we find ourselves, ladies and gentlemen. The light of his presence can illuminate even the darkest of situations. We only need to reach out to him today. There are three things I want to leave us with today. There's someone we can, well, someone we can call and cry to when circumstances come too much to bear. Despite facing trouble on all sides, David called out upon God. What was important was the acceptance that David couldn't do it by himself. For those of us who are carrying things today, God is not only here, he's always listening out for your call. And he longs to hear from you. How do I know that? Psalm 46 verse 1 to 2 says, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in time of trouble. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. I also have some, later on in that psalm, verse 7 and 10 says, the Lord Almighty is with us, the God of Jacob is our fortress. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I'll be exalted on the earth. I'm encouraged by this because it exhorts us believers to remember to be bold in the face of tough circumstances. I want to ask us a question today. What enemies are we facing? What are the situations that come to mind that keep you awake or impact your, your peace? They affect your health, mental health. You know, we can boldly approach the throne of grace and find help in our time of need. I want us to remember that victory is found in God. One thing is clear without this pas- throughout this passage. David looked to and relied on God and marveled as he delivered him from his enemies. Without God, he wouldn't have won any of his battles. And it's a theme that is constantly repeated throughout Scripture. Without God, Moses wouldn't have led the people of Israel out of Egypt to the Promised Land. Without God, David wouldn't have won so many battles. Without God sending his son, we have not won the battle against sin and escaped condemnation. What is our without God moment? What are those moments when we look back and think, without God, this wouldn't have happened? Moments we look back and we marvel at what God has done, how God has brought us out. We'll have our personal testimonies of how God saved us and how God brought us out from, as they say, from the pit to the palace. He's brought us out into this beautiful new relationship with him. What is that moment? I want us to remember that victory can only be found in God. There's only so far that our strength can go. We try, we try, we try to overcome that issue. That addiction that never seems to leave. That family issue, in-laws or marriage, that despite your efforts to just grit your way through, it just doesn't seem to change. The emotional or mental cycles that don't seem to stop. When we find ourselves in those difficult, impossible situations, like David in the day of his disaster, God can and will be your support. He's able to bring you into that spacious place. And why? It says in the last, in the last verse of that, chapter, of that passage, he delights in you. And how do I know that? He gave his only son for your sake. That's how much he loves you. 
I want us also to remember to stay in the refuge. Looking back at the life of David, you know, he was a man of God's own heart. He was walked with God through the good and the bad, from killing those lions and bears to all the way to becoming king. He walked with God constantly, even in his lowest moments. He lost his, a son. He fled. He, plagues came to Israel. You know, and I want to just drive home today that God isn't someone we just run to when things get tough. You know, we've been there. I can, be, I can say that I've been there, you know, um, doing my own life, doing my own thing. But when crisis comes, when calamity comes, I'm in church. I'm coming to the front for a prayer. And then I go and go do what I was doing before. But I don't want us to feel like that because God is, not that we can't come to him, we should and we can. But he's not someone you just run to when things get tough because he's calling you into so much more. There's a real invitation to real intimacy with God through Jesus Christ. Intimacy in the sense that we are vulnerable with him and that know that we can find peace with him. And when was the last time we were just honest and open with him? When's the last time we just said, God, this is what's happening. I just need your peace. I can't do it anymore. Today's the day that that changes. As with David, God is our safe place today. And today's the day when we can find deliverance, protection, and a peace that surpasses all understanding. He's just sitting there waiting for our call. And as I um, come into close today, some of us may be facing situations that have ground our strength down. We're just tired. But there is hope to us today. Now's the time to be vulnerable. Bring to the Lord what is hurting. What is that thing that just hurts? It's for some of us, we're running from something. We're running from God's, but now's the time to run back. Like the prodigal son with his father, he's just sitting there with your hands open. We can run to him today, because he's our refuge.